This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Tom Offerman and Jacob Reck with you here on another episode of the Steelers Standard. Steelers Nation, you can breathe easy. Your number 90, TJ Watt, ain't going anywhere. We don't know term and we don't know length of the contract yet, but Jerry Dulac reporting earlier this week that TJ Watt will ink his long-term deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers following the game against the Carolina Panthers on Friday. Jerry was on the Mark Madden show the day he broke the news. He said, you know, as far as the exact day, they'll be off Saturday, obviously, after the game. Then is it Sunday? Is it that Monday? Who knows? But very shortly after that game concludes, Mr. TJ Watt will ink his deal like I said, no term, no years, but the only thing we know is it will make him the highest-paid defensive player in the history of the National Football League. So TJ's definitely going to get what TJ wanted. TJ's going to get all-time money. Yeah. That's what TJ Watt deserves, and that's what TJ Watt wanted. And it's not necessarily what I wanted. I'm not trying to say, like, oh, I wanted to make TJ – I'm happy that he's going to have that title for, what, a year, maybe less than yeah, until exactly. the next guy until comes next up. Guys do. But I'm happy for TJ that he gets to say that because he deserves that recognition. He deserves that kind of care taken for him by his team. Yeah, it doesn't matter that the next guy's come come along and, and supplant you. I mean, that's just the business side of things. But you want to get that year, two years out there where you, you sign it and you get those graphics on Instagram and Twitter. The NFL accounts are tweeting it out. TJ Watt, highest paid defensive player ever with all the guys in number two, number three, number four on the list behind him in smaller font with him looking giant in this nice edited Photoshop picture. And that's what you want. You want to go viral a little bit. You want to flex some. I mean, you should have been the defensive player of the year two years ago. You could have been the defensive player of the year again for back-to-back years last year. You got to have a little bit of recognition. You, you want to feel like you're at the top of the league because you are at the top of the league in a lot of ways. And even though you didn't get the accolades that, that warrant that you're going to get the contract that warrants that. And in a lot of ways that might be more valuable to him than just the accolades. It it probably is. Yeah. I mean, that probably means more than anything. I mean, it's, it's more, it directly affects him more than yeah, just trophies or, or awards. A trophy is, and awards. That's ego. This is security for the rest of your life. This is, I'll, I could retire today. Generational Obviously, wealth. Your yeah. kids are set now. Oh, yeah. yeah. This, I mean, you'd have to play in order to earn that money, of course. But the day you decide to step away from the game, you don't have to do a single thing after. Your kids won't have to do a single thing. And if you take care of that money well enough, maybe their kids. Right. Probably their kids. I mean, that is not, Generational that's not just yeah. two generations. That's probably three, maybe probably even four if you, if you take good care of that money which I think T.J. Watt's family is capable of doing considering their experience in the NFL. And, and J.J. was once that guy of being the highest paid <clears throat> excuse me, defender in the NFL. So T.J. Watt is happy, which means I am happy. Now the big thing I think that we're all waiting is it'll probably be around four or five years, I'd assume. Uh, Obviously, it'll be buku money as far as millions are concerned. But the big thing is that guaranteed money. You mentioned you have to play to earn it all, and that's true. You have to play to earn it all. But I want to know how much he's going to get just based on putting pen to paper and signing that contract. He had said previously that he's looking for $100 million guaranteed. 
That's a lot of guaranteed money for a non-quarterback in the NFL, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are an organization that is notorious to not give guaranteed money. Tom, you know you the earn number. That money. You know the number of which is the most guaranteed money given in a Steelers. I contract. do. I was just about to get there. It's a it's a lot lower than a hundred million dollars. It's Ben Roethlisberger, who's a quarterback, and he signed a contract that guaranteed him thirty four million dollars. This is a big thing that. Do the math. That's sixty-six million dollars more that TJ is asking to be guaranteed. This is a big uh, thing with the Steelers, and this is something that also helped push Le'Veon Bell out of town. Is the Steelers didn't really want to put that much guaranteed money up for grabs for him, and that was his big sticking point. And he took that contract with the Jets, and everybody was saying he won because he got more guaranteed money. But the Steelers were offering him more money long term, and. I know that to the outside world, you could roll your eyes when I say this if you're a fan of another team or if you live in another market, but the Pittsburgh Steelers are an incredibly faithful organization. Just because they don't guarantee that money, even if you don't fill out that full contract or if you have an injury that that you know hinders your ability to play for those four to five years, they're pretty good at still paying out a pretty significant amount of that contract that's owed you. You're obviously not going to get the full amount that you signed. But it's also not going to be just the guaranteed money and they're going to cut ties with you like a lot of teams do. No, the Steelers are a pretty faith. I mean, if, if the team continue to can... employ and pay Ryan Shazier for years after his injury sidelined him for his career. I mean, this is a franchise that's faith. Le'Veon Bell didn't operate in that faith. Mm-hmm. He was going to get paid no matter what, even if he did have an injury bug creep up. But you, you just, I, I guess it's not fair to expect, you know, a kid from Wisconsin or a kid from Nevada who comes up and goes to the NFL to know that about the Steelers. Their agent's going to say, you need guaranteed money because I mean, agents have an agenda too. But I don't think you'll get $100 million for TJ guaranteed, but I do think he's going to break the record for most money that a Steeler's gotten guaranteed. So I, before we get to that, the, the, the specs of the deal, I want to return to the Steelers being faithful to their guys. It's a... It's a it's a mutually beneficial relationship that, that that has to be there. As you said, like Le'Veon was not trying to make it about let's help me help you type of situation. It was all about Le'Veon Bell. And we saw that when he, when he, I, I'll, I'll say this and it, it may sound a little harsh when he sold out and went to the Jets. Mm. That's a, that's a selling out move. That's a betting on yourself move that doesn't pay off. I mean, the Steelers were ready to, make Antonio Brown probably the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL until he went little cuckoo. Oh, they made him that. And then, Jacob, when Julio Jones broke it, they restructured his deal so he was still the highest paid player. They put more money at the front of it. They're very faithful. They're it's, very, they, uh, they, they will pay you. It's just got to be also on the Steelers' terms, too. It can't be all on your side. And you, you have to prove your loyalty to right. this franchise, too. You can't Which just, AB had done, and that's why right. they restructured that right. at that yeah. point. So and I just want to put that out there. I think TJ, I don't have any expectations of TJ kind of turning a 180 and, no. and pulling an AB or a Le'Veon Bell. I think TJ is happy to be a Pittsburgh Steeler and, and happy to get this money from the Steelers. And that's a guy I'd bet on to make the most of his contract anyway just through playing it out and mm-hmm. being healthy for the next four to five years. But I see it probably landing maybe like $50 million guaranteed Maybe go halfway there. Say, listen, Teach. Like, we're not giving you a hundred million. Like, that's a lot for even a quarterback to make. Like, if you're a if you're a Kirk Cousins level quarterback, if you're, a, you know, and those kind of guys, like, that's where you're getting into eighty million, ninety million dollars guaranteed. And those guys aren't even the best at what they do at that position. So, like, 
listen, I know you're the best at this position, but this is just not money. This isn't guaranteed money that goes to your position group. Cut it in half. Let's meet at $50 million. You can still say you had the most guaranteed money ever for a Pittsburgh Steelers, so you have that little box that you can check. And the overall contract's going to make you the highest-paid defensive player in the history of the NFL. I think that's a very happy medium place where they can meet, and I think that's probably what we're going to see. I think that's what we're going to see too in the contract negotiations. No, I I agree. I think it's the only way for this to go down, and I think that both sides are willing to meet in the middle. I don't think that it's going to be the Steelers kind of asking TJ, not not necessarily begging, but saying, "Come on, like please cut us some slack, meet us here." I think TJ will be more than willing to to negotiate a, a deal that's beneficial to both sides. Yeah, exactly. And, and you can have closed-door conversations and be like, listen, even though it's only $50 million guaranteed when you sign it, we're going to pay you at least $80 million of this thing. I mean, come on. Like, we're, we're not going to leave you out to dry. If, if your leg falls off tomorrow, we're not going to... We're not going to leave you hanging, buddy. Like you've been a, a loyal member to this franchise and one of the better defensive players that we've had in the past five years, the new face of our Steelers defense. So they're obviously going to be operating in a lot of faith on both sides, like we've been saying. As far as the timing of it, though, and some people saying, well, why don't you just do it now? If you have the deal pretty much in place to the point where you can report about it, why not just have it happen now, have them under contract now? And I think the main thing is, is listen, he just doesn't want to play in the preseason, and I don't think he needs to play in the preseason. Larry Fitzgerald, another guy who is very unsure about what, if he's going to play this year, has famously said that any professional player that tells you that they like preseason and training camp is telling you a bold-faced lie to your face. Wow. They don't like it. And I don't think that the guys that reach the level and status of a T.J. Watt really need it. And people will say, well, what about, you know, getting gelled with the team and getting ready and getting in football shape between Buffalo. There's two weeks after the Carolina game where practice gets ratcheted up for the team that mm-hmm. he can get into football shape and he can get ready for Buffalo. And it's not like he's been sitting on the couch eating potato chips waiting for the contract. He's at practice every day. He's doing individual pass rush drills. He's doing conditioning drills. He'll be ready to go against Buffalo. And he's got, like I said, that two-week ramp up after he signs the contract to get going with the pads. And Jacob... I just thought of this right now. That first day he puts on pads once he signs that contract, I do not want to be Zach Banner. I no, do not certainly want to not. be Chuk Sikorafor. He's going out there on that first day because you know he, even though he's doing it on his own volition and he's the smart way to go about this, he's itching to get out there. He's been wanting to play on the sidelines when he's watching the preseason games. He's been, he's definitely been thinking in the back of his head, man, I'd like to put that guy on, the, on his ass right now. I think – that's TJ's goal every time he takes the field, whether it's for a game or just on a practice throughout the week. That's his goal is to, is to embarrass the guy who's lining up against him, whether it's a teammate or an actual opposing player. That's what TJ Watt does, and that's what TJ Watt does best. But as far as the timing, no worries. Two weeks, definitely more than enough time to get, oh, absolutely. To get him <laughs> in shape for, for Buffalo. He did it last year. Without a single day of training camp, without a single day of preseason football, without a single practice. And guess what he did in that first game against the New York Giants? He had a sack, he had an interception, he had a pass breakup. This is TJ Watt we're talking about, Tom. Yeah, there's definitely no hesitation on my end either. Uh, And I'm just, I'm over the moon that this is something that's done because. I know the Steelers do not negotiate contracts in season. Uh, they've been changing their ways in a lot of different areas uh, recently, but I don't know if that would have been one. And I think it would have 
people would have forgotten about it and TJ would have played come the regular season and played extremely well, but it still would have been a little bit of a darker cloud kind of looming over the franchise. Now you got your franchise player on defense locked up for the foreseeable future. That's always a great thing. But now, Jacob, unfortunately, you have to turn your head to the next big one. And that's number 39 in the Mm -hmm. secondary. Now the onus shifts from T.J. Watt up front and his uh, contract at outside linebacker. And now you look at your free safety, Minka Fitzpatrick, who's going to be the next big contract on your books. Obviously, you're going to have a lot of cap space moving forward. If Ben retires, especially, you're going to have a ton. Even if he comes back, I'm sure you'll have a workable amount. Uh, obviously, I don't think anything's going to happen with Minka Fitzpatrick this offseason coming up. I don't know if they give them the, the, him the T.J. Watt treatment and, and get this deal done before next season happens. I think they might have him play through the contract and then renegotiate things. But I kind of think that we're heading down the same thing with Minka Fitzpatrick where he becomes the highest paid safety in football when his contracts do. Yeah, I mean, will there be a little locker room jealousy going on when TJ Watt's gonna be the most highest or be the most highest paid guy on defense and then have the most guaranteed money by a Pittsburgh Steeler ever? And then a year later, it's both of those accolades go to Minka Fitzpatrick. Do you think there'll be a little Little just friendly banter. Friendly competitive competition. Friendly banter. For sure. Friendly banter. Yeah, maybe it's not know. gonna be personal. They're not TJ's not gonna hold a grudge at, at, at Minka over it. And Minka's not gonna teammates gonna be asking TJ to pay for dinner, things like that. Minka Minka's not gonna be in TJ's face about it either. No. I think it's gonna be friendly banter between the two guys, but that's reality, Tom. When you have the best linebacker or pass rusher in the NFL and then arguably the best guy, regardless of position, in the secondary. That's what you have to do. You have to keep these guys happy. No, and I think that's where that's we're the, that's the double edged sword of having this great of a defense. And I think that's where the Steelers have to go. I think you have to commit that kind of money to make a Fitzpatrick. You know, things are going to be in the dark when Ben Roethlisberger leaves. Are they going to go out and they're going to get a quarterback that's going to find himself on the market? Maybe. Are they going to find someone in the draft that's a steal later in the rounds that they can pick and be the heir apparent? Maybe. Does Mason Rudolph keep him afloat for a year or two in the absence of Ben? Is Dwayne Haskins the guy that does that? There's a lot of questions there, and I think the offense is going to go through some dark days once Ben decides to hang them up. For how long those dark days last is beyond me, but still, I think the best way... To combat that and that volatility on offense is having the best defense in the NFL and keeping the best defense in the NFL together. Uh, the Steelers aren't a team that bottoms out. I don't think that they have any inclination of tanking once Ben's gone. If they did, I don't think they'd really work on a deal that's long-term with T.J. Watt. They're going to be a defensive identity football team for the next 10 years, and they will sink or swim Maybe based ever. on that defense. Maybe ever. Maybe ever. They'll... I mean, I think the only years you can really say they were offensively based was the Killer Bees. Was the Killer Bee era. And that lasted, what, four years? That was it. And that's just how a team in transition trying to break in a new quarterback, if they want to stay relevant, you got to have one of the better defenses, and they do. All it takes is average to above average quarterback play to even make the playoffs uh, after that happens. So TJ, Minka, those are guys I definitely lock up long term. But the other guy who's been making some contract noise in that defensive side of the ball has been Mr. Joe Hayden. Obviously, Joe Hayden getting up there in in years, uh, perhaps maybe losing a step or two on his game. Still a very good cornerback, though, and still very useful for the Steelers. 
I just don't know if I would sink a long-term deal into him like he's asking for. This is more of a, I'm going to use you as more of a, we'll evaluate things after every season, and if you play really well in 2021, here's a one-year contract extension. If you play really well in 2022, here's a one-year contract mm -hmm. extension. And just keep going year after year after year because once that bottom falls out, I think the team wants to have the flexibility to just be able to put you out the pasture after that season concludes. And I think that if you're a veteran in the position of Joe Hayden, you have to kind of understand that side of things and that three or four year deals just aren't going to be a thing for you anymore. I don't think so either, but that's what you have to assume you, the best you can get at your age. And one thing I like to touch on Tom is something that he had said, uh, was he, if he's asked to play the safety position, he said he would rather retire than do that, and I don't really see why. If if it extends your ability to stay with the team, why would you not take it? Is it? Do you really feel like it's that big of a slap in the face? I mean, to be asked so to play many safety? greats in the past have done that too, have made that switch just to keep their career going. Uh, Charles Woodson comes to mind as just someone that has made that move because, you know, this is just the best way for me to stay in the league and. Some people are wired that way, like you're describing, and I think some people are just, I'm a cornerback, and I, I have played cornerback since I was in high school, since I played at Florida, in the Browns, and the Steelers. That's all I've ever known. I'm not going to change now. I think that there's just two sides of a coin there, and Joe Hayden falls on the one that, I don't want to call it stubborn, proud is more like it. He just does, he doesn't want to make a position change at this point in his career, and I can kind of see where he's coming from on that that aspect. Would it be nice to see him maybe be in the, the secondary as a safety? It's an interesting experiment, but the Steelers are pretty set there as long as Edmonds continues to play decent football and earns himself an extension as well. And then you have to consider, I mean, this goes hand-in-hand hand with will he even be good enough to play the cornerback position or, or just football in general? What are you left with at the cornerback position when he's not there? No, that's, yeah, exactly. That's an entirely different conversation, of course, but... And I think the emergence of James Pierre is going to make things a little bit more flexible for Kevin Colbert as far as negotiating a Joe Hayden contract is concerned. I think that's why— It gives him a little bit more of a leverage. Yeah, I think that's why you go to him with just a one-year deal, maybe a two-year deal. If he plays extremely well this year, maybe a two-year deal. But, yeah, I think you can go to him with that one-year deal and just be like, listen, like you're still the starter right now, but this guy's really barking up your tree both Sutton and yourself, so it's not exactly like we don't have a, vi a viable replacement here on, the, on our own roster, not even you know saying we could go out and sign somebody else or draft another cornerback, but there's a guy in-house that is almost ready to take your spot. I mean, again, this is all depending on how the 2021 season looks and how everything shakes out between these guys, but yeah, I, I think that Joe Hayden, I don't want to say his days are numbered in Pittsburgh, but as far as his long-term security in Pittsburgh is concerned, that's that's not going to be a thing anymore. It's a year-to-year, kind of like a contract killer kind of thing. And I'm not too upset by that. I think he's a Steeler great. I mean, kind of. That's a weird thing to say, but he kind of is. I think he's is got he, a case for a, the Hall of Honor. I was going to ask, is he a Hall of Honor guy? I think he's I got don't a know. case for it. He's been one of their best cornerbacks in a long, long time, since Ike Taylor, for sure. It's, it, here's the thing, Tom. If... Moving forward, the Steelers just go with four guys per year in the Hall of Honor. If he makes it, it's going to be a long time before you see him in that Hall of Honor. No, no I, I agree. It's He's been good. It's a fringy thing. He's been good. I think 
it's the best thing to happen to him in his career to have gone from the Browns to the Steelers in more ways than and in, in many more ways than just one in terms of getting to a franchise that's that wasn't the dumpster fire that the Browns were at the time. Now they're they're better off than they were when Joe Hayden left, but being able to win and, and experience that and having guys play around you who not only are as good as you but help you elevate your game as well. I think <clears throat> excuse me, it's it's a really career it's it's a real career revitalization for for Joe Hayden to have made that to have been able to make that move from Cleveland to Pittsburgh and people want to say that he wasn't so great last year. I'm not one of those people. I'm not one of those critics. I think that he just had such a great year in 2019, probably his best year with the Steelers then, that that's where the expectations were. And it's sad. It's kind of like when TJ Watt was forcing eight fumbles, nine fumbles per year, and then he only had four. Well, you're not going to be too mad because the guy went out and had 15 sacks otherwise. I think that's similar to what Joe Hayden did. Yeah, he wasn't creating turnovers as, at as a high rate as he used to, but he still had a lockdown year. I think he was just as just as fine as he was in 2019 as he was in 2020. One thing to wrap up this show, I know we're kind of veering off into the left lane here, but I just saw this on the TV ticker, so we have to bring this up. Quarterback Dwayne Haskins will start mm-hmm. against the Carolina Panthers for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But all of you in Steelers Nation out there that is pounding the table saying, yes, he's going to win the backup quarterback job, Mason Rudolph is not even playing in the game. So he is their second-string quarterback. I hate to break it to you. Tomlin ain't officially announced it yet, but that's official, man. He's number two on the depth chart. Now it's time for Dwayne to just go out there, play a half, maybe three-quarters of football, really let loose, show us what we have in our third-string quarterback, Dobbs. Take mop up duty in the fourth quarter and sayonara. Sucker. You don't think you'll see anything of Mason? He's out playing. It's it's official. Oh, oh, Mason I, I saw I saw that game. I saw that Haskins was going to start. I didn't know that Mason. Nope, Mason is out. So I think too, it's partially let Haskins get some time spent with the the starting guys in the offensive line because I think we can assume they'll be out there to start the game, just in case if Ben goes down in the regular season and either. A, Mason goes down, or B, it's similar to 2019 where you see him kind of not fall off a cliff, but the performance isn't there and you'd rather go with the other guy. That way Haskins doesn't come in without any experience playing with the starting guys on the offensive line. I think that, too, may maybe be a factor. I think you're going. I think you're going to see the starters on the offensive line too because they need they they're playing catch up there. Like if they had been available right. for the other games, then yeah, you probably put them on the bench in this one. But they they are just now only what two weeks underway with a fully healthy offensive line now, and all of the starters that they wanted to be starters there with Dotson finally earning himself into the lineup and Kendrick Green earning himself into the starting lineup. So yeah, I think you're right. You'll see some of the starters on the offensive line there. Williamson has been throwing out, Matt Williamson, a a take about Dwayne Haskins for weeks now that just give him the whole Carolina game. Just throw him out there from start to finish, have him play an entire NFL football game. Just kind of see what you got. Have him go through the ebbs and flows of the game, you know, see how he responds to a couple of stalled out drives in a row, uh, see how he deals with, you know, first half uh, or excuse me, with second half adjustments that defense are throwing at him. Just kind of have that be a trial by fire because Listen, we all like Dobbs as a person, but like, what do you need to really know from him? Like, what do you really need to have him prove 
by having coming in and do a mop-up duty in the fourth quarter. I would play Haskins the entire game. I think that's a smart move as far as your future is concerned. Yeah, I listen, this is a, a good place for the Steelers to be in, mm-hmm. right? You don't want to be, I think, the New York Jets have maybe the worst situation when you can pair starting offensive line and backup on the offensive line and then backup quarterbacks. I uh, We went over this the other day, and, I, and I'm totally blanking because – there's no reason for for me to ever Mike remember White. these games, these names. Mike White was one of them, but the backup quarterbacks are just absolute nobodies, and that's not the situation here in Pittsburgh. No, it's not, and that's why I think you should you should give it to Haskins all game long. There's nothing to prove from Dobbs. Like I said, I think Dobbs' time has come and gone in Pittsburgh, and, and I'd like to see how Haskin handles an entire NFL football game. The new Dwayne Haskin handles an entire NFL Right. I don't game. think the Dwayne Haskins you saw in Washington is going to be similar to the Dwayne Haskins you could see in a Pittsburgh as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Steelers Standard here. No, you're giving me a face like no it's Well, not I just do I it. just think you that another thought that you want to throw in. Yeah, I just think that Dwayne Haskins when you talk about the long-term solution for Ben Roethlisberger, People are going to be mad that the Steelers are going to go with Mason Rudolph this year. But when you consider Dwayne Haskins, his youth, I mean, obviously Mason Rudolph isn't that much older than Dwayne Haskins. I think, did they come into the league the same year? No, I think Mason came in a year before, year before him. Yeah, he's older. So it's not that much, but it's not by that much. And Dwayne Haskins obviously only needed, what, a couple of years in college before he came out. I think Mason played a little bit longer at Oklahoma State than Haskins played at Ohio State. But just because Steelers fans who are upset that Hassan isn't going to get the number two spot over Mason Rudolph this year doesn't indicate at all that that's going to be the case for the future, for for 2022 or maybe 2023. I think there's a lot of potential for Dwayne Haskins to not necessarily steal the job for Mason, but kind of earn it in a way that James Pierre has earned his spot in the secondary. I think that when you consider potential there's obviously a lot more available to Dwayne Haskins than there is for Mason Rudolph and the Steelers are aware of that the Steelers know I mean this is Kevin Colbert we're talking about we we have we have given Kevin Colbert a ton of praise this entire offseason leading up before the week one game against Buffalo his ability to handle uh position battles and obviously we're looking at the offensive line picking up Trey Turner the lack of depth at the edge rushing position getting Melvin Ingram, and then the lack of starting ability you had opposite Devin Bush and and replacing Joe Schobert or replacing Robert Spillane with Joe Schobert. I think that that Kevin Colbert knew what he was capable of getting out of Dwayne Haskins, or he wouldn't have made that move to go and get him. So just because he's not getting the start this year, or rather start the the second the second. Uh, second position string. at second string, thank you, at on the depth chart at the quarterback position, Kevin Colbert's not someone who's just going to go make a move and then just kind of fold on the move within the year, right? This move was made a couple months ago just because he's not going to get the second string position this year doesn't mean that moving forward in the, in the legitimate post-Ben era, it's going to be Mason Rudolph, Mason Rudolph, Mason Rudolph, and, and Dwayne Hassan's going to be your backup. I think there's a lot of potential for Hassan's to kind of come in and maybe take over that job. And I think Steelers, Steelers fans just need to be patient with this news, who, who are upset that this is the first time that Hassan is going to get the start and, and kind of a, a no-consequence sort of situation where he's this performance isn't going to 
really separate himself above Mason Rudolph. I get the frustration there, but give it time. I, I, I think Kevin Colbert is, is worth trusting here, and he didn't go out and get Dwayne Haskins for nothing. Damn, you had a lot to say. I did. I'm sorry, I almost just cut you. You almost just robbed people of three minutes of you just giving us solid takes on Haskins. I'll just add on: if Roethlisberger goes down for the entirety of a season, I think Haskins takes the job before you know it. I think he's more long term. Like we don't have Ben for the rest of the year. It's Haskins this time. Rudolph's mm-hmm. the guy if it's a couple weeks or just finishing out a game. I think that's what you can expect out of these backup quarterbacks as far as 2021 is concerned. Well, that is going to do it for the Steelers. Yeah, I've said standards. my piece. When we come back, there's some other interesting topics around the NFL that I want to get into, including a top running back from this year's draft class that is unfortunately not going to get to play in 2021. Could have been us Steelers fans, so thank heavens that it's not. We'll get into all that on our next episode as well as some other headlines. Like I said, for Jacob Recht, I am Tom Opperman. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Steelers Standard, and thanks for listening to Steelers Nation Radio.